Hello and welcome to the Disc Dump Podcast. This is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? Today, I am joined by Scott and Cam from the Spy Hards Podcast. How are you guys doing today? Doing very well. Thanks so much for having us. Doing great. Thanks for having us, mate. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, So today, we talked about the old N64 classic, 007 Goldeneye. So the first thing I wrote on my notes here is right in the childhood. (laughs) Um, So I listened to you guys' podcast about the movie Goldeneye uh, about an hour ago, I guess. So I'm pretty fresh on what you guys' take of it is, but the audience probably is not. So... Uh, did you guys play this game a lot when you were kids? Oh my god, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that can it, it even be estimated how much time, how much of my life was spent on Goldeneye. Um, I was a big N64 guy, and um, and I should say this is Cam, by the way, for those who uh, want to get my voice down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Cam from the Spy Arts Podcast. But yes, so um, I had played um, uh, Super Nintendo a ton, and I was like aging out, I felt. I was like, ah, you know what? I'm not going to move up to the N64. And my friend Derek was like, Cam, you've got to come try this game, Goldeneye. So I went to his house, played it, and then I ran to a nearby store, Zellers in Canada. It's basically the equivalent of like Kmart or something like that. And they had a senior's day. So I got an old man to buy a Nintendo 64 and Goldeneye uh, for me to get the 15% discount. And I played <laughs> Goldeneye. It's, it's incredible how much. Like, I would say from the age of 18 to probably 21, we played Goldeneye twice a night, or uh, I should say, like tw- two nights a week. Um, hundreds and hundreds of hours. Yeah. How about you, Scott? <laughs> uh, for me, my family was a strict uh, PlayStation kind of family. Um, but I got hold of, uh, well, I, I played Goldeneye around my cousin's house. And that was the uh, the spark that made my family switch over to Nintendo. Um, and I have five, well, I have four brothers. There's five boys in my household. Um, so you could think a, a multiplayer game like that, that's four player where there's people shooting each other. It, it's like heaven for four boys. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. So yeah, it, we, we, we never stopped playing GoldenEye. Uh, even basically when the N64 was out of style, we'd still crack that bad boy open. I still play Goldeneye. There'll be, you know, every now and again, I'll get the kind of the the itch and I'll sit down and play through Goldeneye again. Um, it's so addictive to me. And it, did anyone else finish the game? Over the course of many years, yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I did it eventually on all the double O mode. Um, it's one of my proudest life achievements, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's super hard. I've been playing it literally all day today. So it's been like four hours of me playing and I got to the jungle before I was like, you know what? I'm putting cheats on like this is this is ridiculous. So I put on invincible mode and double golden guns and just walked around and mowed people down for another hour yet. After you, that. you filthy cheater. Yeah. <laughs> Jungle's tough, but the Aztec is the one that'll break you. Oh, for yeah. sure. Even with yeah. cheats, you can't. Some people can't beat that one. But I'm sure I don't want to know how much time it took me to beat that level. I remember my friends really struggled with the caverns. That one I actually found fair not easy, but I was able to get through it reasonably, you know, quickly. But it was yeah, that Aztec level took me forever. We used to have a, a system where if one of us died, uh, we'd move on to the next brother. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
So like you you have you have this pressure to not fail the level because otherwise you have to stop playing. <laughs> That's the the pressure is real. I had two sisters, but it was still the same thing. Like we, if you died, that was your turn. You gotta wait. And then of course one of us was way better than the rest. So it was like we'd wait forever for that one to die. Shout out to Amanda, my sister. Woo. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the the cheating though is super fun in my opinion it's kind of the real payoff of this game a lot of a lot of games don't come with payoff they're like oh new game plus now you have to just do it again but the cheat codes in 007 GoldenEye are awesome you got like god mode and all the guns and ammo paintball mode um do you guys like do you remember dk mode whatever that means yeah donkey kong mode yeah is that what that was okay because their heads are just freaking huge yeah they kind of look a little like the polygon-esque um donkey kong characters from i guess the first uh 64 donkey kong game gotcha huh <laughs> I, I can tell you why that's in the game yeah why uh because the last game that uh rareware who made this uh game made was donkey kong country oh that makes a lot of sense yeah so it was their thing in particular yeah 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 one of the best donkey kong games actually i just remember with the 007 mode what i found kind of lame the one thing was i mean all the cheats were amazing but you got all these extra weapons and they pretty much all sucked there was like the um you know, the single shotgun, there was the taser, and they were all really lame. <laughs> I enjoy, I figured out, like, for the first time in years, I had totally forgotten about it, that there's a, the last gun, if you unlock all the guns, is just tank, and there's just explosions in the distance in front of you every time you shoot. <laughs> it's, it's that one's pretty good, to be fair, yeah. yeah I, was, I just was like, where's the tank part? And I just pulled the trigger, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's like God mode. One of my favorite things to do would be to turn on all the bad guys to have rocket launchers. Yeah. And it was just chaos. <laughs> you put it on the hardest mode and you just race through an open air kind of level and just watch explosions go off everywhere. Yeah. The, all the, oh my God, the cheat codes were what the game was all about for me. But I mean, I came for the cheat codes and I stayed for the graphics because <laughs> like they just took a picture of somebody and stretched it over a polygon. Yes. Oh my God. I love that shit. <laughs> It's almost disturbing when you go up close and look at like the face of one of the characters and it's like, wow, this is unsettling. This looks like um Lawnmower Man or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting that you both have played this game somewhat recently. I haven't really touched it in about ten years. Oh wow. Oh wow. Um and I, I was I, I was gonna ask Cam, but Miles, you seem to you've been playing it today as well. I mean, how does it hold up now? Um, controls wise, not great <laughs> but it's overall it's still fun to do it's i would consider it much easier than modern games but it's still pretty hard specifically like in order to be good at shooting you have to hold still for a second and let the auto aim take over and like so basically you just slowly walk into a room filled with people and you just <laughs> wait for him to auto target everybody and that's i find that's the best way because when you're running you're totally missing constantly so you just kind of have to hold still and shoot and every time you get shot you can't shoot for a minute and yeah so the controls are really my least favorite part of the game what do you think cam I would say the controls, I'm not going to argue they're fantastic, but I would say when you compare them to another game I loved, for example, like Star Wars, um, Shadows of the Empire, mm. the controls in that are so much worse than what GoldenEye was for the time. And I find GoldenEye's held up very well in that regard. The graphics, 
they've aged, but I find the gameplay is pretty much timeless. Like I can play Goldeneye anytime and still have a really fun time just going through levels. Like it's just one of those, you know, they really struck gold with that one. And they tried to replicate it later with Perfect Dark, a game that has an amazing multiplayer mode, but I don't find the game that much fun anymore. I never had Perfect Dark, but... I was going to say, there's a reason why Goldeneye is held up against, say, Doom as the most influential FPSs of all time. What about Wolfenstein? Uh, I, I think Doom tends to get more of the spotlight than Wolfenstein does. Yeah. Right. What, what about Blake Stone? <laughs> there's an obscure one for everyone at home. Yeah. It went over my head. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> it was basically Wolfenstein in space. Oh. oh, okay. And was that on the 64? No, no, that was game. on like the PC. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's from way back in the day. One of those games you had to control with a mouse where you had to keep like slamming the mouse against the table, you know, to move forward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the good old days with the, the ball on the bottom of the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaning it out, get all the lint out. Yeah. Ugh. Very satisfying. So, yeah, like I remember when I was a little kid, I got introduced to Doom, which I just called the game where you're a gun. So <laughs> I'd tell my parents, I want to play the game where you're a gun. So, like, Doom definitely was the pioneer of first person shooters for me, but I don't think I was good at them until I started playing Goldeneye. Because it's, especially with the multiplayer, it's just endless fun. Sometimes I'll even throw parties to this day, and they're just N64 parties where people come over and we take turns playing the N64. And this is the one that everyone's like, we start with this. Well, what what Goldeneye did was move the first-person shooter from the PC onto the console. Well, there is Turok Dinosaur Hunter a little bit before Goldeneye, but it didn't have the popularity of Goldeneye. Like no, Goldeneye it's, it's really the multiplayer was the thing that really yeah. pushed it into the shelves, and and that's where Goldeneye still gets played, as Miles said. It, it is the one that allowed everyone to come and play. Right. I th- without this game, I can't help but wonder like what Call of Duty would have been like because it's like this game laid the groundwork for an entire genre of games it feels like you know what i mean and yet they never managed to make a great james bond game ever again it's so weird oh my god i learned that lesson the hard way (laughs) i was used to playing this game and then i got one for the ps1 and i was like oh it's going to be exactly the same this is going to be the best game i've ever played i don't remember which one it was but i think it was another pierce brosnan one and it was so bad that, yeah, I just, I don't remember anything except it was like third person and shooting was like impossible. And I was like, this is the exact opposite of the game that I was hoping it would be. I still have World is Not Enough um, for Nintendo 64, which is okay. I'm not going to say it's a bad game, but it definitely, it definitely pales in comparison to um, Gold Knight. And I remember also picking up Nightfire um, for the PC. Yeah. And I remember the Nightfire targeting system was brutal. Like, you could have your gun aimed directly on someone, you know, the crosshairs right on them, and you'd still miss. It drove me out of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> did, did either of you ever play the GoldenEye 007 for the sort of remake they made for the Wii? I didn't. How was it? Didn't hold up. No, it yeah. was basically Call of Duty. Yeah, exactly. Call of Duty with uh, Daniel Craig's face yeah (laughs) right yeah i mean it wasn't the worst though like i was playing with a bunch of six-year-olds and just totally destroying them so i was having a good time 
but <laughs> that's the only time I ever played it was there was a bunch of kids and their dad and me. And I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun mowing down a bunch of six-year-olds. But Half an hour later, they're all crying. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, why are you so good at this? I was like, it just sucks to suck, huh? <laughs> it mm. sucks to be you. <laughs> Get good, kid. Get good. Exactly. I, I like, remember I had two friends, um, Tony and Derek, who were we were all really good at the game, but they were just that extra step better. Mm. And I remember playing battle mode against them. And our go-to mode was um, proximity mines in the facility. Oh. And um, they, of course, knew, as I do as well now, where to put mines, you know, to all, hit all the start points where when you die and are reborn, you'll land right on those start points. They would basically kill me and then just bomb every start point so i would just explode for about 10 minutes straight that's legit like gaming the system holy shit you guys must have played a lot (laughs) it seriously like has to be months of my life if you were to put all the time together (laughs) well here's here's a multiplayer question for you both in terms of rule sets and playing with your friends is odd job banned in your games yes yes yeah good (laughs) if i don't get to be odd job nobody gets to be odd job (laughs) i always hated that character because you couldn't like the the auto aiming didn't even work on him he would sneak right underneath it and it really drove me crazy what irritated me about his character other than that is that he couldn't throw his damn hat that's why odd job is cool because he can like knock people's heads off with his hat and it was not in this game at all. That's an excellent point. But also, I mean, I've watched Goldfinger many a times. Oddjob is not that short. Nope. No, he's a pretty big dude. I'm not really sure what was going on with the uh, discussions in the gaming world when they were putting that together. But um, it's a little <laughs> strange. I don't know why they wouldn't have done Knickknack if they want to have a short character. Yeah, I, that's what I figured they confused it with. Maybe. Maybe maybe they couldn't get the, the rights for um, Herve uh, Villachez, maybe. Maybe that makes sense. So you guys are definitely way bigger Bond fans than I am. Specifically, Cam, you seem like your hardcore Bond fan. Do you think this movie would have been memorable at all if not for the N64 game? I think so. Because I think, Scott, you'd probably agree, the first Bond movie that really launches an actor typically is a very memorable movie. You have Dr. No, you have um, Live and Let Die, um... Living Daylight, Casino Royale. I I do think whenever you launch a new actor, it's interesting when you look at the history of the franchise, you would think a new actor coming into the role, it's going to be a little bumpy out of the gate. But if you really look at it on paper, every single time they pretty much hit a home run and it's kind of diminishing returns after that for a lot of the actors. Um, I find with Brosnan, I think so. I think it still would have been regarded as the best of his run on the series. What do you think, Scott? Well, the other thing to bear in mind, and I still think GoldenEye is Brosnan's best, but this game came out two years after the movie. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, really? I didn't know and that. Pe- people tend to like just think, oh, it must have come out at the same time. But this game came out about three months before Tomorrow Never Dies comes out. I so did they, not know that. They, they, yeah, it was meant to come out a lot closer to the time, but... Um, basically for several reasons mostly due to the fact that the team who made it basically apart from two people they've never made a game before right i i do think this game though probably solidified the the movie goldeneye for maybe 
more casual movie watchers. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's a whole generation that remembers the movie Goldeneye who maybe didn't continue, you know, watching Bond movies going forward or watching the old ones. I think that probably stuck the movie with them more so. But in terms of like Bond fans, I don't think it really it, it added to the legacy of that movie. But I don't think it was, you know, the thing that made it stick around. And we're blown away at how close it was, because, I mean, I'm old enough to remember back with the original NES. Um, whenever you bought a game based on a movie, it was almost always bad. Mm-hmm. And um, they usually would make up crazy stuff in the game. Like I remember playing the Rambo NES game where you have to like stab bats with a knife a lot, you know, a lot of <laughs> weird stuff. It's like, this isn't what I liked in Rambo. Um, there was very few that were genuinely cool. I mean, I remember Batman returns for the uh, SNES was really fun, but by and large, if it was a movie tie-in, they were bad. So when they announced they were going to make Goldeneye, I didn't have high hopes and I was really blown away partly for that reason. I am so glad that you brought this up because we are in completely different camps. I'd like way more games based on movies than like people generally do. Like I can just name so many more good ones than bad ones. Maybe it's just cuz I made good choices on them, but like obviously 007 is like the king and you mentioned like Batman. I didn't even think about that one. Those games were pretty good too, but like a couple years ago a Wolverine game came out that was based on the like beginning of the wolverine series that movie could have been better definitely for sure but like the game is basically god of war except you're wolverine and that shit is fucking awesome so i don't know have you guys ever played any games based on movies that you did like you got me racking my brain now i can name loads of bad ones yeah i mean when you go back to the nes snes you know genesis era Mm. they're pretty bumpy i I, there was jurassic park for genesis was really fun um as oh, I yeah. said, Batman Returns for the um, um, SNES. Actually, some of the Disney games, weirdly enough, like Aladdin was really good. Lion King was yeah. really good for SNES. Yeah. See? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. There are okay. there are handfuls. Um, I have a weird affection for the Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the original NES, which was kind of a quest game. I enjoyed that. But I, it was generally the way it worked was that they would just sell the license, and a lot of the games were bad. I remember being really excited to play Batman Forever for SNES and playing that game and being like, oh my God, this is not the Batman game I wanted. I actually well, just I w- bought that game for the Sega Genesis and you're right, it is not the Batman game you wanted. <laughs> no, I was, I was doing a bit of research on the how this game came to be before doing this podcast and I actually found out that because of that bad name of, of sort of movie titles, the, the studio who had this, uh, Rare, didn't actually want it. They they didn't really want to tackle Bond at all, which is so crazy. Because you think about nowadays, they would be fighting for that license, for sure. And yet we haven't had a good one since. Did any of you guys play the From Russia with Love game that came out a handful of years after Goldeneye and it had the voice of Sean Connery? Yes, I played it. How was yeah. it? Yeah, I never got to play it. It was it was actually not bad. It's probably the second best Bond game after this. Not okay. that there's been many other strong contenders, but it, it it has more to the film. So there's there's more bits and bobs to the story. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it used some stuff from the book, maybe. Okay. And it had Sean but, Connery doing the voice, didn't it? Which is a bit of a get. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's interesting to me that, you know, really, they haven't made that many Bond games based on movies. Um, 
I'm actually a little surprised that they've made so many original ones versus, you know, mining the depths of the Bond canon for, hey, like a Spy Who Loved Me game could be really cool. There's a lot of variability in the types of levels you could get. What is it, do you think, about Goldeneye that makes it such a great game to adapt to a video game? Um, Well, I haven't seen that one in a number of years, but I feel like most of it is him, like, running away if I'm not mistaken. And I think that plays a pretty, pretty big role in how action packed a story is. If it's like, okay, we're back at base. Now let's chit chat about stuff. That's way different from like, I got to get out of here. Okay. Now I got to get out of here. And uh, yeah, I feel like that is one of the biggest components to making an action packed game is that there's no chill out time. And yeah, I, I don't seem to remember too much chill out time in that bond movie as opposed to some of the other ones. Maybe it's something to do with, and I think we did cover this when we covered Goldeneye back in episode one, is that the Brosnan era itself is kind of like an action film with some spy elements in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and action films will generally translate better to, to video games and, and first-person shooters, surely, than uh, potentially, say, Dr. No. Right. <laughs> I would love to play the Dr. No game where you just have to walk across <laughs> hallway lobbies. Yeah. <laughs> or I should say hotel lobbies. Yeah. Uh, beat one guy up as he takes you to the house. Uh, <laughs> and then yeah. just sit in the uh, underground lair and listen to Dr. No talk for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Is Dr. Yeah, no works. the one where he's like on a tropical island that just has bad guys and a super hot model on it, basically? Yes, that's correct. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, There's probably a couple you could say that fits the bill of but yeah that's dr no okay <laughs> i do think though like spy who loved me could have made a great game moonraker could have been an amazing game that would have there's been a wow. number of them yeah. <laughs> worst movie there's a best number game. of them that would have worked yeah i mean I'm, I'm not a huge bond guy but like pierce brosnan was definitely my bond because that was just the year that i started watching bigger movies was approximately then in like jurassic park and all that stuff but yeah, so Brosnan was my guy until Daniel Craig, and I didn't even like Daniel Craig until Skyfall, and now I'm just like, Daniel Craig's the best. He's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, you, you probably hit the nail on the head a little bit there as well with just sort of the, the timing. You think about who the target audience of the N64 PlayStation 1 around that time was, that is the, the people they're trying to capture with this new Bond. That's a good point, yeah. And I am curious, you know, you said that... Um, Brosnan became your guy, Miles. Um, how did you feel about the movies he made after Goldeneye? Uh, the one I liked best, actually, is the one with Halle Berry. Um, is that to Die Another Day? Yeah, correct, yeah. Yeah, and I think the main reason I liked it was because the Madonna song was so badass that came with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very polarizing song. That's a hot take you got there. Yeah, I yeah, like that movie. Yeah. I like the like violins and shit, and her rapping is a little weird. I was like, I don't know, 14, 13, so I didn't have good taste yet. Sigmund Freud, analyze this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. She got some good samples for that song. That's about the only good thing I have to say about it, and I really like the samples, but... Anyway, yeah. so this seems like it would be a good place for me to interject some ads, perhaps, and some fan shoutouts and all that good stuff. And when we get back, we're going to play a super fun game. (laughs) 
Today's episode is brought to you by Naked Nutrition. Naked Nutrition provides you with pure protein powders and supplements to help you meet your nutrition and fitness goals. Trust me, I know all about nutrition and fitness, okay? Naked Nutrition is completely transparent about their ingredients, and that way you know exactly what's going into your body. There's no additives or any of that other stuff that they put in, but not Naked Nutrition. No additives means that your body is getting more of what it needs, and I suggest checking out the Vanilla Keto Fat Bomb. I know I'm gonna. It sounds fucking awesome. So right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase at NakedNutrition.com by using the code POD. That's 10% off using the code POD for first-time customers. Take your nutrition to the next level with Naked Nutrition. My fellow citizens, our Earth is in the middle of a crisis plunging deeper into chaos. No, I feel your pain and your loss. We can't stand idly by and let this happen. We must rise up and... (coughs) (coughs) Sorry. Damn it. Well, this is awkward. Hi, my name is Josh Shell, and I am the host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast, where each episode, myself and some guests take a look at different cults from around the world. For educational purposes only and definitely not to start our own cult join me every other week as we break down dangerous religious cults political extremist groups and every other kind of cult in between should i apologize for the terrible southern accent no okay subscribe and listen to let's start a cult anywhere you listen to podcasts well folks we've made it this is the final episode of 2020 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm so glad that I'm able to end this on this super fun note with the Spy Hearts podcast. Thank you guys so much for doing this with me. Um, So yeah, I just I want to say thank you to everybody who made this year better than it seemed to be. (laughs) Like my podcast took off and we're having a good time. I've made a lot of friends. I've learned a hell of a lot. This whole year has been an extremely educational year. Yeah, there's a lot of tension and frustration and fucking masks and shit, but we got to do what we got to do, and I think that together we have all persevered through this year very well. Way to go, Earth. Um, So thank you guys for listening. Thank everyone for joining in. And next year is going to be just as fun, if not 100,000 trillion times more, and here's hoping for that. Okay, just a few quick announcements. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the discdump. On Instagram, discdumppodcast. Don't forget that PP again. On Facebook, there's the discdump podcast page or the fan group. Definitely check out the fan group. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Alrighty, y'all. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Happy New Year. Okay. So, you guys both have your emails open. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The whole purpose of the game is called Best Wishes. So, are you familiar with Wish.com? Yes. No. No. Okay. Wish.com is buying direct from China, 
and they have uh, a lot of things. You could buy little sweaters for your dog. You could buy video games. You could buy fishing hooks. You can buy dildos the size of your arm. You can buy crack pipes. You can buy literally anything on there. And uh, so it's got some ridiculous shit on there is the whole point of it. And when they uh, come up with the names for their things, they fill up the space as much as possible. So because they don't have descriptions, it's just like the name of something. So I made a game where I read you guys the name that's written for a product and you have to try and explain to me what you think it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So with spies, we should be able to figure this out. Exactly. <laughs> you guys got the intellect. You can handle this. So uh, we'll go back and forth, and then at the end there'll be a tiebreaker. So this is kind of a competitive thing, but not really. Alrighty. Okay. So uh, what what email am I on here? Is this best wishes one? Okay. Let's start with Cam. Cam. The name of this product is. New Men's Fashion Stretch G-String T-Back Micro Thong Briefs Underwear, $4. Would you like to hear that again? Um, sure. <laughs> that would be the New Men's Fashion Stretch G-String T-Back Micro Thong Briefs Underwear for $4. Okay, and what am I answering? So what do you think it is? Like, describe to me how that description, what that leads you to think it is. It sounds very contradictory. Um, I, um, is it an item that, like, I, is easily recognizable to me? Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. <laughs> um, like, all you I'm might not know Cam very well. To be fair. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is true. <laughs> You see, all I'm picturing right now is something akin to like the Borat um, bathing suit he wore. You know, you're like not the unitards, so whatever it was called. You're not too terribly off. If you go to the email and you click on the email that says "Best Wishes One" and check out the images that are attached to that email and describe to the audience what you're seeing. Um. Well, <laughs> what I would describe is, I guess like a g-string that you might see a male stripper wear except the front piece of it i guess the cod piece is a red fluffy bird <laughs> they come in all different colors you can see from the other pictures <laughs> you can wear it while you tweet there you go it's it's made for twitter for sure <laughs> all righty so uh scott all right nightclub bar costumes stretch jumpsuit halloween party role play costume stage performance bodysuit outfit 73 dollars okay so it's expensive it's something that people have to wear out it's for like performances but it's like a whole bodysuit okay Yep, you you pretty much got it. So <laughs> is that it? So it's like a like a costume outfit. Yep, you're 